It's the Exit 52 podcast presented by Jimmy Seafood, the only Baltimore podcast that has now returned to recording in the middle of Orioles games. Guys, this is kind of, a, I feel like, a fun thing that we end up doing during baseball season is we always record at night. So the majority of the time during Orioles season, we're recording during a game. I wish we had started 35 seconds ago when RDT reacted to Cedric Mullins almost hitting a home run to tie the game. But we're back in that season where the games are on as we uh, as we pot, which is very, very fun. But the Orioles fighting to the finish here. Can you give us a live play-by-play of the ninth inning, um, RDT? It's 2-2 two, two, or 2-2 two, two count. Bottom nine, Josh Hader on the mound. Ryan Mountcastle's up. Cedric Mullins missed a game-tying home run. Would have been a second of the game. Grand slam uh, earlier. Uh, missed it by about six inches, maybe eight inches. Uh, Orioles are down one, but they've got life and – Mountcastle's looking to do some damage here with Hader on the mound. It's uh, Old Mill's finest. People forget former Oriole uh, farmhand, and that's a strikeout for Mountcastle. So they're down to their last out, but. I'm so sorry, Trey Mancini uh, now with a chance to, uh, to extend the game here. And Trey, who had, he was the first wall robbery victim we saw uh, of the year. He hit one. Off of it, it would have been a home run. It probably would have been two or three rows deep, and just like go figure, it's it's it has to be Trey, who uh, who Kristen Chris Christian Kristen Chris Christened Christened Christened. Wow, he Lord. took the virginity from the 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 wall. We'll say that. Wow, took the wall virginity. During Holy Week, no less. Jeez, oh, gosh. Yeah. After you picked Notre, Notre Jesus, last, after you picked Jesus last week in a draft, I mean, a third God, round, a third round pick Lord. for a reason. Fourth have round a little, pick, maybe. have a little oh bit of respect. Fourth round pick for a reason. Have a little bit of respect. Oh my it's a big gosh. week for him. So. How much meat are you going to eat on Friday? Oh, that's such a great them? question. Who, me? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you. I mean, I, yeah, I did not. I never stopped eating meat. Kidding me? Oh, I, mean, I got Slim Jims by the by, in, in a pile over there. Slim Jim, you think I'm stopping eating Slim Jims for the J man? <laughs> I mean, between the Slim Jims and the yellow Laffy Taffy, I'm not really sure. I can't believe that was your first meat product. Like, you no, could have no, said, no, man, no, I'm gonna no. have a really good steak, but no, I've got my cadre of Slim Jims. I have no, to make sure no, it wasn't my first meat. I, it was the first thing that you said. Meat. It was the first thing that you said. Well, yeah, because they're they're within. They're within. I, I can see them right now. I don't have a steak sitting on my dining room. Where table. are they sitting? That you could. They're in full. A full. They're they're, just, they're on my on dining room table over there. Wow. How many Slim Jims remaining? I think two. Mm. I had to stop at Walgreens today. Got to pick them up. Wow, Walgreens. Mm. What place? You get them at Wal. You get them at the pharmacy. Is that just like I go to get my Slim Jims, or you're getting no. other things? No, I had to pick up something for for my wife. And when oh, I was there, good, I was like, oh, no, good husband. Good spin. Good spin. Good yeah, spin. She needs, she, she's a little sick, so she needs some orange juice. So I got you. Mm. Use that vitamin, as an excuse to stop at Walgreens and get uh, some gym. The vitamin C very necessary. Well, keep us updated on the end of this Orioles game. I no longer have it in front of me now that I've moved up to our to the podcasting studio. Mm. Oh, we Trey, got, Trey just hooked one foul. Thought he had it. Getting all the reactions. Speaking of the Orioles, RDT, if you can if you can um, do two things at once here. Your overall thoughts on the beginning of the season. At one point, the only team without a win in Major League Baseball, but the traditional uh, home opener victory for the Orioles. Best day of the year every single year, opening day at home because they always win. Um, you know, I, 
my my I honestly with my golfing we'll get to my master's experience at some point on the podcast I've been very detached from the beginning of the Orioles season we'll also have a starting five draft on uh, our bucket list sporting venues to go to in uh, honor of Augusta National but it seems like this team is gonna compete a little bit but struggle against what is being called the AL beast in in terms of division games yeah, I mean, again, the first three games of the season in Tampa, Tampa's Tampa. Like, they're really good. The Orioles played them close. They lost two close games. And then third game is just, I mean, it was 8 nothing. I fell asleep on Sunday. I forget what where where the Masters was. It was 4 nothing for the Orioles. And I woke up, and it was 8 nothing, and the game was over. And there was a little bit of the Masters left. So, they, I mean, they're, they're going to do exactly that. They're, they're going to struggle. They And, Banks, you may know this um, from the gambling side of it. The Orioles on their home opener have to have one of the highest winning percentages ever. It's it's unbelievable. It doesn't matter who's on their team, wh- who they're playing, what the weather is. Like they're they're going to win. They're going to play and they're going to win. It's they're 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 you can pencil them in every single year for that home opener win. I don't know what the numbers are, but little thing called confirmation bias makes it seem that way, and I'm sure the numbers actually do back that up. I mean, even when they were. Yeah, they're not good now. But when they were before the the whole 2012 and all that stuff, they would show up on opening day and shove them too. Remember, they beat Clemens, then, they, they beat CC, they beat Pedro uh, mm-hmm. on Sunday night baseball. I remember yep. uh, they beat Mussina with Tony Batista in a grand slam. I mean, there are all these years and all these memories I can remember of Orioles home openers where they just they come to play. I don't know if it's the energy in the ballpark. I don't know if it's just. The opening day excitement, I don't know, but they show up and, and usually the whoever's pitching, you know, absolutely tosses a gem. I know it was a team effort the other day, but um, yeah, it's it's crazy. Again, I, I don't know what it is, but yeah, they, they they always seem to get up for it. Um, it looked like a decent crowd tonight. I know they announced it as 44,000 the other night or the other day. It was not 44,000. Um, it, it was a good crowd. Tonight looked like a good crowd. They said only 11,000. Still a lot, a lot of people there. Again, it's a, it was a nice day today. Um, probably a little chilly out now, but, but I mean, like you said, Taylor, this team is gonna they're gonna get beat up by the division again. Whoever wins the division is gonna be that team that has the best record um, against the Orioles. I think that's proven to be you know kind of the the that separates the the winner from the second place and third place teams. Um, they, I think it was the Orioles have now lost 15 in a row to the Rays, and I think it's 21 of 22, which is I mean it's outrageous. Um, the Rays are just a wagon. So that, that first series is again, kind of to be expected. I thought means pitch. Well, Felix Bautista has been kind of the hot name now. Um, he's like six, he's listed at six, five, one ninety. He's probably closer to six, nine, two sixty or two seventy. He's a, a massive person, um, who's throwing 97, 98 out of the pen. So he was fun to watch tonight. Um, in addition to, um, over the weekend, but yeah, I mean, there, there again, there are guys, the one through six, the Mullins, um, Mountcastle, Hayes, Mancini, Arias, they're, they're Santander. They're guys who can hit, but that there's a drop off after that. Um, and obviously once Adley comes up and hopefully a couple of weeks, there hasn't really been an update on him. Um, I can't watch Robinson Trino much longer. I don't know if anyone else can. Um, he just doesn't have a bat. His, his defense is good. He just does not have a bat. Um, but again, I mean, this is going to be a team that's they're going to win 65 games. They're they're going to win some games they shouldn't. They're going to get the 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 absolute shit kicked out of them in a couple games and and they're going to play some close ones and lose probably like this one tonight. 
Again, they got guys on first and second with two outs down one with um, Arias up, and and we'll see what they do against um, Josh Hader. But it, it, it's gonna be, again, it's gonna be another challenging year. It's no, we're not breaking any news there. Um, now we're kind of just Grayson had a great start the other night at AAA. Um, Usnail Diaz, who we were high on coming into the season, as is tradition, uh, tweaked his hamstring tonight. So thanks for your service, sir. Um, and then again, we're just waiting on the Adley updates and, and hopefully some DL updates soon. And we'll see those guys up here. Cross your fingers sooner rather than later. I'm taking out the home opener from the COVID season in this stat. Uh, since 2000, the Orioles are 16 and six in home openers. Um, with some like big stretches of wins, like at one point from 2001 to 2007, they won a bunch in a row, then won four in a row at one point, three in a row at one point. So, um, definitely that that success kind of holds up when you look back. Our perceived success holds up when you look back at the numbers uh, to a certain extent. And I think it may, I think it's been that's been exacerbated by the fact that like they didn't win a lot of games after that. So those teams in the 2000s that won a bunch in a row from 01 to 07, none of those teams were good. So I think they had at one point like three or four straight walk-offs too. Yeah, it was always dramatic and fun. And, you know, it was like a nice start. I remember like Jay Payton had a big, like a home run or a or triple in one of those games, like in their late 2000s. Um, so, yeah, definitely, definitely will be interesting to see how they maneuver for that. I, I, you go back, we, we talked about this before the season, but it got, it's getting more highlighted when you actually watch the team in full over the course of the first four or five games or whatever. Uh, it's hard to get, really invested until and this is exactly how I thought I would feel and predicted I would feel but I feel this until those guys are up and playing and the Orioles are trying quote unquote to win with their guys that are supposed to be a part of the newfound success it's a little hard to get invested like it's hard like you know I would say as on the diehard scale RDT you are very much ahead of me in terms of Orioles fandom and so for me, as someone that obviously cares deeply about the team, as the police screams by here in Baltimore, that, uh, you know, cares about the team, it's hard for me to be like, ah, oh, time to, you know, roll in for the six as Chris Owings comes back up to bat in a big spot or Chirinos comes to bat. It's like, where's Adley Rushman? Just like get him on the team. Why am I watching, you know, blank start this game? Like, why am I watching? I'll go to tonight. Why am I watching Spencer Watkins? He, no he, disrespect to Spencer Watkins. No, much, but it's much like, disrespect to Spencer Watkins. But, like, eventually Spencer Watkins needs to be Deal Hall for for you to retain any type of interest in the team. You know, it, it's just one of those things. Like, you don't – I feel like a broken record, so I apologize for people to listen because I'm sure I've said this pretty much exact statement. You don't have to make the playoffs. You just have to try. Like, try to do anything. Um, and, you know – Essentially, the guys they're trying with are, and I love all of these guys, you know, Mullins, Mountcastle, Mancini, Hayes, Santander. We had all those guys last year to varying levels of success. So the, I've seen those guys trotted out, and Cedric Mullins has been an amazing story. Trey, we've touched on Mountcastle, tons of potential. Santander obviously does his thing. Austin Hayes, you're just kind of waiting for him to have one season where he puts it all together. So I understand the, the but like, you got to add some things to that now. You, you just you can't run with, with that group with a bunch of random pitchers. And I don't think they'll do this. But, like, I found myself, you know, on Sunday 
when I'm finished at Augusta and I get my phone back, I didn't, wasn't like, Oh my gosh, what was the Orioles score? The Orioles game. You know, I think when Adley's on the team and when Grayson Rodriguez, if Grayson Rodriguez makes that start on Sunday, or if, you know, your guy, Robert Nukestrom is hitting, I'm like, ah, let me check to see how they did today. And then, you know, hopefully the score goes the Orioles way too. That's kind of my overall feeling about the team at this point. Yeah, and I, I mean, I think a lot of people are right there with you. Again, everyone takes off work for opening day. They go down. You go down to Pickles, Sliders, your local watering hole. Brian, what was that place we we went to a couple times? There's an I don't want to I don't want to out your place. Some small the, little oh uh, Quigley's Half Irish Pub. Is that where we went? I don't know. That's that's a good so. spot for me. Yeah, sneaky little spot there. Yeah, yeah. Like you know, you fill your local watering holes. Um, and then game, you know, second home game, you're like, I don't, I don't care. Um, and again, I don't fault people for that. It's, it's hard to be invested in a team like this right now, just because again, there's no, there's no, they haven't shown the signs of improvement on the field. Um, the only thing we have is like, we're crossing our fingers and we're wishing and praying and hoping. So I don't fault anyone for not being all gung ho. Like I am. Um, I, I, I know where they're coming from and it's getting harder and harder by the day to, uh, to, to, defend the wall um like i like i was saying but oh my you know no i'm not i'm not wavering i'm not waiting i want that on the record but i'm like, like now waiver. i can that see like a like... hardcore waiver no I'm not waver I'm it's not waver. two home games in and that's a oh I, I mean i'm already seeing people like i you know people like this team is the worst it's like yeah we fucking know like we know that i'm not like it's also it's also like uh, they're competing clearly i mean three of the losses are by combined four runs so They've been right there in a lot of the games. It's and so they could continue to do that. And you look at even you look at the game tonight. Like I said, two hits from Mullins, a hit from Mountcastle, two hits from Mancini, a hit from Hayes. You go through Santander didn't have a good night tonight, but you look through the rest of the lineup. Chris Owings with three Ks, um, Santander with two. You know, all these other guys do nothing. So eventually, those guys. <laughs> if I'm Cedric Mullins, I'm just like, hey man, like you mind throwing some guys in front of me at nine, eight, and seven that maybe can get some things done. So I'm hitting more grand slams. So I'm in the position to hit more grand slams and maybe we can score some more runs. But it also just it not even really about the lineup as much as the pitching. I mean, it's just and the, and credit the, to Bruce Zimmerman, who absolutely was tremendous. Means was tremendous on opening day in Tampa. There's you know. These guys are going out there, but you just need more consistency and just more influx of talent into the team. I, I, like I just said before, I know I say the same thing every single time about the Orioles, but at a certain point, it's just, it's just hard to like. I ah, just want God, what's the score? Of the, what's the score of the game? Like I don't even. Think I just want a team that is like worthwhile getting fired up about striking out the side with the bases loaded in the eighth inning. It just doesn't move anything for me right now. It just I can't get. I can't get bothered to like get fired up about that. And I want to be in a place where I can be fired up about that, but it's just not the case. Just yeah. Again, just, I, I mean, I, I, I a hundred percent understand that I'm not over here, like throwing pillows, you know, kicking my shoes around because they, they can't touch Devin Williams who had an awful night, but he's one of the best relievers in, in, you know, the national league. Um, again, I, I can't wait to get back to it at that point where I'm furious over, the second, you know, a loss in the second home game of the year being like this, is they need to win this game. This is a must win. Um, but again, I mean, 
the one of the things for me again like we talked about getting better on the field the bullpen which we thought was going to be a nightmare especially once they traded Cole Solcer and Tanner Scott which people had aneurysms over people were ready to fold the season already because Tanner Scott was being traded the guy who had a five ERA after six years in the organization and couldn't you know never could figure it out but I mean the bullpen guys of Mike Bauman Keegan Aiken has looked awesome and I've been a very vocal, not Keegan Aiken guy. I thought he's never wowed me. I've never looked at one pitch he's thrown and been like, that's why they drafted him that high. Um, he's been great. Mike Bauman looked good out of the pen. This Again, this guy, Felix Bautista, is a stud. Paul Fry, whatever it is, he has, his, his ERA is almost 12 right now. He just cannot figure out the raise. Jorge Lopez has looked pretty good um, out of the pen, getting the save on opening day. But they got guys who, who Tyler Wells, you know, is now converted to starter didn't have the greatest start, but I thought he looked pretty good too, even as a starter, the, the bullpen has surprised me. So again, if there's like, if you want to take any little thing away, it's like, okay, the bullpen. And just like with everything else, we're going to see it. It's going to be really good. Sometimes it's going to be really bad. Just like the offense, just like the starting pitchers, you know, everything is going to be really good and really bad at times, but I, I'm very surprised with the bullpen right now. Um, but yeah, it's, it's again, it, I mean, it's going to be another long season. They're going to win some good games, some fun games like, like Monday, um, they're going to lose some bad ones like tonight. Like tonight's a good, a game that a good team wins. You don't have your starting pitcher who had an ERA of eight last year. Um, short hop, a throw to first and, and extend the inning for a team like the Brewers. So, um, I'm just happy baseball is back. And again, like they, that this is a, a nightly routine thing where we're recording during the game. And, and like I was telling you guys, I'll be front row section 80 of the, uh, sitting right on top of the wall, which again, I don't know if you guys were looking at Twitter yesterday, it seems like people are coming around on the wall. A lot of people after seeing it in person, were like, you know what? It doesn't look bad. It looks like it's, it's very natural. It's been there, you know, forever. The grounds credit to Nicole Sherry and the grounds crew for, for making it look, you know, like it's 30 years old. So I'm excited to see it tomorrow. And it looks like some people's minds are changing. Probably not, you know, again, after tonight when they lose by one and Trey should have had a home run. So. Yeah, I think that to, to, to finish the book on them, and I'm excited for you to give an in-person uh, review of the wall, uh, you got to give Bruce Simmons a lot of credit for that start and opening day at home. I mean, that's a that's a hell of a spot for him. You're coming off getting swept on the road. You're in, you know, you're, you're playing for your hometown team, you know, a moment every kid dreams about, right? Starting a game for your hometown team on opening day and all that comes with, like, credit to that guy. Like, that's a special moment. And I don't know if you saw his Instagram story the night before where obviously they get back from Tampa, they land, I'm guessing all their cars were at Camden Yards. And he said, he just flat out, he's like, I snuck in. Not, I don't know how much he had to sneak in, but he goes, I snuck out onto the field just to get a look tomorrow because like, this is the calmest it's going to be. And, you know, I'm just taking it all in right now because I know I won't really get to do that tomorrow. Um, so it was a cool video because Camden Yards all blacked out except for the sun um, and, and the clock up top, everything was dark. So it was pretty cool. And yeah, I mean, credit to him. Cause again, I'm sure his adrenaline was pumping. He's probably been there hundreds of times as a, uh, as a, a fan. Um, and, and, you know, it was cool to see him go out there and I, I thought he pitched very, very well. So good. You know, again, nothing but credit to him. And that's, that's gotta be a dream. It's probably going to be one of his top memories, you know, of his entire baseball career. Yeah, absolutely. It's going to be, it's going to be very, very cool. And, and I, it just as a, I just can't imagine being in that, in a spot like that. And, and, you know, he had to have walked off the mound and just been like one of those indescribable feelings where you're just like, Oh my gosh, this is, 
this is pretty, pretty special. So good for him. And uh, hopefully he can continue um, to have games like that. Not a ton of news on the Baltimore Ravens front, but uh, the Calais Campbell question has been answered. Uh, two more years for the veteran defensive lineman. And I, I don't think there's any other real spin to this other than that's great. Veteran leader in the locker room, run stuffer is the pass rushing as good as it once was. No, but I think that's a guy you want on your roster at this point. You know, uh, he he's become a fan favorite here and he's certainly a locker room guy. Yeah. That's a position group where the Ravens are kind of in a danger zone where they need to be improving it and not regressing. And if they didn't bring him back, they're definitely regressing. Uh, obviously all those things he brings to the table. He was the best player of the front four for um, pretty much the entire season. Uh, if you want to throw away in that mix, he had the, the games where he was a big time factor, but you know, Justin Houston played well at times, but in terms of being like a three down guy is Calais Campbell. And uh, I'd like to see more guys join, join that group and kind of take a load off of him because the age that he's at, he can't be playing, you know, all 90 defensive snaps in games, you know, for how much that defense was on the field last year, there's just, there's just not a way for him to be at his most effective. So um, I'm hoping that we can attack that in the draft a little bit. If we can shore that up with something in free agency that's out there at this point, that would be helpful. But um, all in all, like he had to bring it back. He had to find a way and they, they're, you know, they're paying him a pretty good little contract here for somebody at his age and there's incentives built in. So um, it's, it's great to have him back. He knew he wanted to come back. He says all the right things about being in Baltimore and um, he's the right voice in the room for those guys like away and everybody. So um, it's, it's just good to have him back. Yeah. It's a two year deal, $12.5 million. Um, only uh, one and a half sacks in 15 games last year, as I said, so wasn't doing a ton in that category, but was tremendous against the run as the Ravens really, lock down that position of the or that area of the field defensively. Obviously the other area was historically bad for the organization um, and they've done things to improve that, but um, certainly some options up front and uh, the Ravens will continue to try to kind of get their defense back together. Um, is the money a little too much? Maybe, but I mean, I think the Ravens, as you said, thanks. They couldn't like, what was the other option at this point to bring someone in who, you know, kind of know what you're getting. Um, they also bring in Josh Bynes uh, or bring Josh Bynes back. Um, so that's kind of your stopgap at middle linebacker. We kind of know what Josh Bynes is at this point. Solid, steady. That's about it. That's about it. That's about as much as you can say about him. So that's um, all we're going to say about him, I guess. And, and, and <laughs> I think it's one of the, I think it's one of those situations where Bynes is a stopgap. The Ravens probably still take an inside linebacker somewhere in the draft. And if that guy is ready to be a significant player, then that person plays. And if not, Josh Bynes plays. I think that's sort of where it feels like that will go. I don't know what round the Ravens will take an inside linebacker. Doesn't feel like there's a first round situation there, but you know, they'll find someone in the second, third, fourth rounds, and you can have guys in those rounds play early and inside linebackers. So, um, but that was kind of that was kind of the Ravens' news um, on that front, defensive improvements, and and now it's sort of all eyes on the draft um, to see how the team uh, works all their picks, and uh, we'll see how that goes. Uh, obviously, the, those two additions, I don't think changes whether the Ravens would take a defensive tackle 
or an inside linebacker because they're both veteran guys. So um, wanted to, I don't know if you guys have read about this stuff at all. Um, the state of Maryland approved, I'm trying to find the exact, like 1.6 or $1.2 billion um, to the sports stadiums of the city. So Camden Yards and M&T Bank Stadium. Um, there hasn't really any descriptions, I believe, on how that funding is being used to improve M&T Bank Stadium and Camden Yards. But clearly, um, the city is fully invested in both of its professional sports teams. The Ravens, there was no doubt they are locked into the city for a long time. I think when we were back talking about Masson and the Orioles ownership situation, you know, over the past year or so, you know, the brief thought would come up that, you know, could the Orioles move if the Angelos family sold, blah, 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 blah. I think all of us were on the side of like, doesn't seem like that's really a true possibility, but it's certainly like, I think entered people's minds with this. And, you know, there aren't a ton of details about it. Um, it also goes along with another bill where the, the state committed to trying to keep the commanders in Maryland, which is a whole nother story that we don't really have to get into because it, you know, doesn't involve a Baltimore sports team, but it's really, really fascinating. Um, how would you, I would think that the thing that will come from this in both stadiums, despite the fact that there is a casino sitting right next to both stadiums and the horseshoe, you would think that there will be some sports gambling apparatuses added to both, to both venues as we go forward, improve premium seating, blah, 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 blah. But, um, your guys' overall thoughts on that investment from the state into those two venues? Seems a little, I mean, it's such a high number. I mean, you could build a stadium for that that total. So um, I think that the Camden Yards, in all its glory, probably has some facelifts that need to happen, maybe structurally. I mean, I, I, mean, I don't really know. I'm not an engineer by any means, but it's it's 30 years old now. So there's a lot of, teams out there that when you get to that 30 year mark, they start talking about another stadium. So I'm sure there's some things that need to happen in terms of general upkeep to keep that thing the way that it is. And then, yeah, the, the sports gambling thing is, is probably the next step for both of those places. I know the Ravens have dumped a lot of money into that stadium just throughout the years on their own. Um, they're constantly making improvements and you, you start to think about whether they're running out of opportunities or things to improve upon and they can keep finding ways. So you would imagine that it's, it's taking out seating and replacing it with more, um, what do you want to call it? Entertainment areas or centers or whatever you want to call it. You know, you look at the way the Cowboys stadium kind of revolutionized the, the, the wave of new football stadiums with the kind of on field, uh, level experience and the Ravens, you know, they went ahead and did some of that on their own. Um, you know, where the band used to sit, they, they kind of put that, I don't know which beer company sponsors it now, but it's, you know, right there behind the end zone. And, um, I, I would imagine that they're looking to do a little more of that. And I think there's plenty of opportunities for them to do that at Camden Yards, whether, I don't know if it would be out by the statues or, uh, on top of the flag court or, or where, but there's, there's definitely some opportunity there for them to, to kind of build something in their fun and maybe even something that's more year round. Like, I think there's a lot of opportunity for Utah street to be more useful 
throughout the year outside of just baseball season. Um, if they can take the bottom floor of that warehouse and, and turn it into a sports book or, or something along those lines, like that could be a, a destination for people to go other than 81 times a year. I mean, the, the sports book inside of Dempsey's, again, I don't know if we talked about it on the show or off air. Like, I, people, someone told me that Dempsey's been closed for two years or a year, you know, a year now. I'll I wouldn't find, even be able to tell you. <laughs> I'll find out tomorrow. But, yeah, I mean, again, it it almost makes too much sense to, to do something like that. Um, and, and, yeah, I mean, because when I saw that, I, I was interested. Again, it's like, are they going to maybe dress up and clean up the the walkway you know between the stadiums the parking lot and stuff like that are they going to make that like they could do something i think really neat with that what that what that is i have no idea um obviously you can't put you know like up in philly where they have you know like their whole the bars and restaurants in between the two stadiums you can't do that because of the bridges right there um but you know they could do something neat with that area i, I just don't know what but I, I'm excited to see again with with that amount of money, like you said, that's that's a stadium in some places. That's a, that's a lot of money. Um, yeah. So I'm excited to see what they can do with that. Again, you've got to think a lot of it is going to be something gambling. Um, you know, I mean, could you, Matt? I don't, I don't know if they could do something with the centerfield bar and not slots, but some kind of gambling thing up there. I mean, that would be fantastic. You got to think with some of those Miller Light. I think they're Miller Light party decks or whatever that always go unsold those tickets mm-hmm. on the 200 level. I think again, do something like that. And, and I think that's what you were talking about, like a Raven stadium, what they do with uh, Cowboys where they do, they don't have seats. They do, it's kind of like standing room only. And they call them party decks or whatever, you know, whatever they do. Um, Cause again, you can knock out what 50 or 60 seats. And now you just made room for 150 people for standing rooms. So you're just making that much more off beer, food, whatever you want. Um, so I'm excited again. I don't know what the timeline is. And I, I think we're all ready for some renderings. Uh, Cause you know, we're going to get those. We're going to get some nice little renderings uh, of both stadiums. So I, I'm, I'm excited to see what they decide to do there. Um, you know, and again, I know people want, people want, and, and, and it seems to be the new trend um, at like an open concourse at, at baseball stadiums, you know, football stadiums too, where you can kind of see the field from wherever you are on the concourse you'll lose some seats, but you know, it, it definitely opens up the, uh, the stadium and the atmosphere and, and, you know, it makes it a lot cooler. So I don't know, I guess we wait, we sit back and wait. A couple further notes here. Banks sort of touched on it. The Ravens just did their own self-funded $120 million renovation of different parts. And think people that listen to this podcast that have been at the stadium, you can see those, the four corner boards, um, a lot of different other things. The $1.2 billion is going to be divided evenly among the stadiums. So Oriole Park situation will get $600 million and M&T Bank Stadium will get $600 million. You could put a party deck on top of the warehouse. You could put like, you could put Fenway seating up on top of the warehouse for that. For I mean, that's a, that's a ton of money. And this is what Maryland Stadium Authority Chairman Thomas Kelso told SouthBmore.com. By the way, one of the underrated sites <laughs> that has Baltimore stuff on it. Uh the Orioles lease expires very soon at the end of 2023. The Ravens have five more years to go. Over the next, over the last three years, excuse me, MSA Executive Director Michael Friends and myself have been working together with the teams on the most important things to them. No one is going to negotiate with us if we don't have the money. We've been talk, we have been taking a hard look at the stadiums. They are in really good condition for their age, but need pretty good reinvestment to extend their lives for as long as possible. It's better to reinvest in what we have than it, instead of building new stadiums. We think we can prevent that with what we put into this bill. 
that is a very interesting statement, essentially that they made the value proposition that they have no interest in, you know, tearing either stadium down. Camden Yards, by the way, is never getting torn down. So that doesn't even matter. But theoretically, like leveling MT Bank Stadium and just building a different football stadium. Um, there's a couple other, you know, monetary things, blah, 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 blah. Um, Kelso also said, said any detailed stadium renovation plans would be put forward by the Ravens or Orioles and noted that it, all improvements will look to improve the fan experience at the stadium. He said improvements could include video and Wi-Fi improvements so fans can better follow their fantasy teams or adding private clubs, sports bars, and sports betting facilities within the stadium. Quote, the idea is to make these stadiums economically viable 365 days a year. He also mentioned better tying Oriole Park at Camden Yards to the Pratt Street Corridor and University of Maryland Baltimore as well as, well as tying M&T Bank Stadium into the Warner Street District developing south of the stadium. He said the warehouse can be turned into more of a live work play building and also noted there's potential for mixed use, mixed use development complexes, but noted there still needs to be enough on-site parking available. So, and Ravens outgoing president Dick Cass said in January, the team is considering upgrades such as additional lower bowl premium seating and possibly a plaza south of the stadium that links it with the Warner Street District. They are no doubt going to build a plaza that links it with the Warner Street District. The amount of stuff they're going to put up in the Warner Street District over the next, you're already seeing it with, with it, you know, obviously the casino, but now Top Golf is just going up at a rapid rate day after day down here. Um, that is clearly, I think, what a lot of the Ravens money is going to go to, like making a, much more cohesive experience that ties it to all of the venues that are going to be in this new sort of Warner streak, Warner streak, mixed use development sort of site. The Orioles money is honestly more interesting because as you said, that stadium needs a little bit more of a facelift from, I think all aspects of it. It's a beautiful ballpark in every single way, but technologically, I think M&T bank stadium just surpassed it in terms of, you know, video boards and all those different things. Um, I think it's but how it, too to, to how, it, how it tie, yeah, and how it ties in that Pratt Street quarter also goes to the to the building or the renovation of the Baltimore Arena, which is going on literally going on right now. And if those things can now be tied more together, so all that's very fascinating. But go ahead. No, I was just gonna say I think it's I think it's easier to to build up and pretty up a, um, a football stadium too, because again, it's kind of. You know what you're working with. You put video boards in these ends. You put, you know, the big scoreboards here as, as opposed to a baseball park where it's, you know, you, I mean, you have much more freedom to, to put stuff wherever you want. We've seen it in some of the, the ballparks around the league. But because, um, again, when you're talking about, well, you know, the Ravens have made those renovations already and they're, they're great renovations from what I've seen. Um, you know, I mean, I've heard people say they, they need, you know, they want like a full video board and right field. Um you know, and even they want to redo the center field scoreboard, make it bigger, stuff like that. So, you know, I mean, I think it's fine the way it is, but yeah, if they, if they have all that money coming towards them, you know, put it to something. Cause, cause you know, you, you can definitely make some renovations. Um, it just kind of depends on where you want to make them. It's, I feel like it's almost getting lost that that arena um, renovation is it's happening right now. Like it is, and there's like renderings out for what the concourses are going to look like, what the seating is going to look like. There's a photo. If you go to southbymore.com, once again, shout out to them. There's a photo of the stage literally being demolished. Like they're demolishing the end stage that, you know, has kind of made that venue look like that it's 50 years for 50 years old for years and years. Um, so that's going to be very interesting to see how that that's another $150 million. So you've got, 
over $1.3 billion now committed in various ways to Baltimore sports venues, which is a big time investment from the state in, in terms of, um, and I don't know how, I don't, can't say I remember the total, you know, funding in terms of the sources of the new arena. Um, But that's pretty fascinating. And as you said, like, as Banks sort of touched on, how can you make the two stadiums more relevant throughout the year in terms of what they bring in? And I think this is what's going to go along to kind of making Baltimore more of a destination. We had that rant when we were talking about the Paul McCartney concert of why can't they bring more big time things into the city? Clearly they are committing in the, in the arena and the two stadiums to putting a ton of money um, into bringing more events into Baltimore. I mean, you don't put this amount of money just to keep your tenants Obviously, they want to keep the two major tenants, but to make those things more viable for and when you, you know, when you connect them to overall experiences, when you bring in a group that's like, hey, you know, I'll use WWE as an example, right? Baltimore, WrestleMania host, like if you walked in MIT Bank Stadium right now and you looked around WWE's like, where are we hosting all the events? You stick a plaza and Warner, you know, to connect the you have all these different things that go on. So not that I think Baltimore is an imminent WrestleMania destination, but those are the type of things you can start to talk about if you, you know, invest all this money. So I thought that was a very interesting kind of under the radar story this week, because it's fat. That is a lot of money, a lot. And like, I don't feel like maybe people are talking about it. I'm not in the circles of people talking about it, but I didn't see. And maybe cause it, you know, stadium renderings are the things that gets interesting or when you hear the details, but that, that number is a big, big number. I, I only saw people talking about it because Glenn Clark was talking about it this morning. I saw one of his tweets, and that was the first. I think I saw that, and I went, oh, that's right. I remember hearing about this, but that was the first that I'm like, oh, yeah, this is happening. Like, And again, I was like, that's a lot of money. So, yeah, I, I don't know. Maybe because, like, oh, it's, you know, opening week, whatever. It's opening day, you know, Orioles home opener, stuff like that. People just aren't talking about it. But, yeah, I, I'm the same thing. I haven't I haven't heard much about it. It'll be fascinating to see how it goes, especially this. And just to touch on it to end this South Baltimore sort of redevelopment that they're doing with, you know, not only, you know, all of the, all of the uh, um, stuff that's going on with stadiums, but all of this, like this conservation that's going to go in and top golf and the casino, this part of the city is going to look very, very different within the next decade, which is, um, interesting as someone that has now lived here for three or four years and banks you've been down here as well it's it's gonna totally change i feel like the vibe of down here not that there's not a good vibe down here already but um gonna be very very interesting so uh we will see how that continues to develop and god yeah if there are renderings oh inject renderings into my veins i was just looking at all these arena renderings again i, just, I, I was just looking those up so good so good um although uh, i would have loved for them to have just built a new arena but i guess you know We'll always have the character. And this is what SouthBaltimore.com SouthBmore.com brings to you. The great clips is closing at Southside Marketplace. Oh, so long to the so long to the great clips. Rip. No. No. Do we go for one last cut? Maybe that ship is sailed, my man. Game on barn arcades. 902 South Charles Street. Where is 902 South Charles Street? I think it's down towards man. That was a while since that restaurant was there. Metropolitan. Uh, towards a little more towards Otterbein. Mm. Yeah, they're putting in a barcade there. There's all these things I'm learning as I uh, 
found that article with you. Yeah. The other thing they need to do, by the way, and then we'll move to the starting five draft. And I was talking about this with my dad as we were driving past it. They got to figure out the inner Harbor a little bit moving forward. A little bit. You think so? They gotta f- that place is going to be like a ghost town. Soon. I mean, what are we doing in the inner Harbor? Having right now? a little bit of a background in real estate accounting in the city of Baltimore that, I mean, I think they announced in the past week or two that, um, a Baltimore area developer is taking over Harbor Place, which is the no. crux of the entire thing. That's the correct. anchor. They, correct. Yeah. Yep. Um, I didn't think that was going to be the developer it would be, to be honest, um, without naming names. But uh, something has to happen because it's just been this New York City firm that has defaulted on its loan like four or five years ago and just little one by one all the tenants are dropping out and saying, now nah, we're good fam because they're just not putting any money into it. So it's just a shithole. Then you start to have incidents downtown that just make it worse. Nobody wants to come downtown and you just go from there. And so something's got to happen there. Something I guess is supposed to be happening there. We'll see what happens. It is kind of depressing to drive past right now. And I, dro- I drove past it going to Banks's birthday. And I, I thought, I was like, holy shit. Like I haven't been down here in, in a minute. And I was just like, oh, this is, it's like it's cheesecake, it's a tough clothes, scene. clothes. There's nothing there. It's hot sauce, yeah. hot sauce shop, clothes, clothes. And Somehow the worst tier in th- is still open there. It's crazy. That is, by the way, that is crazy. I went there like that the first crazy. month it opened for I don't know one of my grandparents' birthdays, maybe 20 years ago, and I, there's a chance that I watched the Vikings Giants NFC Championship game before the Ravens Raiders. 41 nothing or whatever yeah at that restaurant it might have been a planet hollywood that's been gone for a long time wow that's a throwback and the the worst part of it is i and this is going to be relatable to probably nobody when i was in spokane a couple weeks ago they have these just like beautiful parks set up right next to the water with the water as sort of like you know the backdrop of all the things going on and Harbor Place sits in the prime location. Not that you have to have parks there, but creating all these spaces that have the water as a backdrop. And they're they're now sort of doing some stuff with the park that has like the beach volleyball courts, you know, over yeah. closer towards Red Fed Hill. Hill. Yeah. <clears throat> so that stuff's changing, but man, they have to get that. They have to figure that out. They yeah. re- I mean, I don't know why it hasn't hit me sooner that I maybe I just never think about the inner harbor because I, it's such a tourist trap i still we're and we're so used to it you just don't think about it but i just drove past it going to my parents a couple weeks ago and then i was talking about it this weekend with people i was just like this, this is a disaster i used to <laughs> scooter by it every single day on the way to work but yeah that's right it's a scene it's been like this for i mean i haven't gone to that job in over two years but it was terrible then it and then when now. i like racked my brain it feels like close to a decade that it's kind of been depressing. I, that sounds like a crazy high number, but I don't remember the last time I thought, man, the inner Harbor, <laughs> like it's definitely been since I was in high school. Like I never come back to the city and been like, Oh man, I really need to walk over and like see what's popping at the inner Harbor. There's nothing going on. Nothing. I almost stopped in a year or two ago to watch Joey chestnut at Hooters. Um, I forget <laughs> what Hooters he was is still there. doing there. Yeah, but I'm yeah. shocked. Hooters yeah, they moved downstairs. Why they would move, like, uh, I just don't know what the appeal is to that, but. There's a lot sucks. that needs to change there. 
there's a, there's a lot that needs to change there. It just, it's got so much potential. It's in such prime real estate to have people walking around and enjoying cool things. And yeah, where are you, you going to park though? Well, that's what I'm saying it, that, but it's not even appealing to me as someone that could walk there. Like you and I could both theoretically walk there in yeah. 10 minutes and mm-hmm. there's no need to go there. Like I'll go to Fed Hill park. It's, you know, that's nice to, you know, take a walk to, but like going all the way to the inner harbor makes Yes. They do have parking issues. And maybe that's a part of the strategy that needs to be implemented is like, okay, what are the quick parking options to the inner harbor? I don't know. That was talking Baltimore development and real estate. We'll we'll come back next week when we we can talk about all the defaulted loans. You can take us through the full mm. financial situation. And honestly, they need to figure out they need to figure out the building with with what used to ESPN Zone and Barnes and Noble and is now what Phillips is Phillips even open at this point? I mean, it's sad. I live yeah. in the city no, and Phillips I have no idea. Open. Yeah, because Phillips is sort of you know. No, that's a I know ownership change a lot about. about that building. There's a yeah. vacant Gold's Gym on the fourth floor there above the Barnes and Noble. I think the Barnes and Noble moved out. They had planned to move out. I don't know if that became official, but yeah. Yeah, no, it's. That's an incredible building too. Yep. So they got to figure that out. Speaking of incredible, (laughs) incredible buildings and venues, we move to the starting five draft presented by Fed Thrill. Boys, today was a beautiful day in the state of Maryland, the city of Baltimore. It was sunny. It was nice. It, you know, felt a little bit more like spring and it was a perfect time to put on your Fed Thrill sunglasses, a perfect time to utilize the best sunglasses made around here. And you can get 20% off of those Fed Thrill sunglasses if you use the promo code X52. Um, so make sure to do that. Our starting five draft is bucket list sporting venues. Now we have done bucket list events, but this is just the straight up venue um, inspired by uh, my trip to the Masters this weekend, which Masters very much a bucket list sporting uh, event that I have checked off, but just going to Augusta national in any capacity in terms of walking around the golf course, like I could have gone to a practice round and that would have knocked off, you know, the venue as a bucket list. So that is the draft RDT. You have the first pick. Um, I have the second pick and banks has the third pick. Um, So RDT, you can start us off big dog. Already, and again, I mean, we're all gonna have different ones. I'm pretty sure. I know one of you guys has been here. I don't know if the other one, Cooperstown, is number one for me. Mm. Never mm. went when I was younger. Um, I I actually had a trip like planned, being like, oh, I'm gonna go to Cooperstown um, during the summer of 2020, and obviously that went to shit. Um, but yeah, I mean, again, I you know, I want I want to go up. I want to see the the museum and, you know, I necessarily want to go up for one of the inductions. Obviously, I mean, I don't have any players I really enjoy going in anytime soon, but um, I think just going up again, I know Banks, you can at least speak to it. You have your Earl Weaver story in that pop-up in that little store or whatever, right, right, right yeah, close to Cooper's Town. Um, Taylor, I don't it's know if you've been It's in the downtown area. It's a, it's a nice downtown area. If you've been to like an Ellicott City or a Frederick, kind of mm-hmm. reminds you of that where it's like very walkable and it's old towny and, but except it, instead of it being like boring antique shops and like whatever, it's just baseball card memorabilia everywhere. It's incredible. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's up my alley. Um, yeah. I, I think it would be a really cool trip. Um, and I think it, I think it, it's one of those places where I think it would be cool if you're 10 and I think it would be cool if you're 30 or, you know, 40, whatever. However, I, I don't think it, 
I don't think it ever like you don't walk through and be like, ah, eh, it's really not for me anymore. Um, so yeah, yeah I went when I, I was 10, to get out there I soon. went when I was 12, I went when I was 14, I went when I was 18 and 19. I played a couple of games on double day field with my Legion team. And one of them, I was hung over his balls. Not a good time. 10 a.m. game at double day field. Should try not to be hung over for that one. Yeah, that's a tough scene. I have never been. I have I, never been to any of the major sports Hall of Fames, and uh, all of them are things I would like to do at some point. Um, I've just never, never ventured up there, but definitely would like to go. I think it, those places seem really, really cool, as, as you guys have kind of described it. So um, would definitely like to do that. Um, with the second pick, I'm a little surprised when I did my research that this rose to the top of my list. And I don't know if it would have gotten taken by anybody else, um, but I'm going to take it number one overall because it's just been a consistent part of my life and always been a venue in a sport that has legendary venues. But this is, I think, clearly the most known. I'm going to take Churchill Downs. I've always thought going to Churchill Downs would be really, really cool. And I think that's a thing you can go to, even if you're not going to the Kentucky Derby and still kind of get the vibe and the history of the place just by watching a normal day of racing there. I think that would be like very, I would do that. Like if I was in Kentucky with the ability to just go to a day of racing at Churchill Downs, I would make the effort just to see the twin spires and the history that's there and, and kind of, and see what that's all about. What I is Kentucky Derby though way I want to experience that 100%, but I would love to see what that's all about. So I'm going to take Churchill Downs. One of these years I'm going to make it. Like I've had something that annually falls on that same day for years and years and years. And COVID kind of shook up the way that event played out. And now it's one week off of it. And so I thought maybe this would be the year where I'd make the move, but not making the move, I I don't think at this point, but uh, maybe next year. Thanks. I guess I'm going to take Augusta National. Uh, like I've been on the property. I've done Magnolia Lane, which, you know, not like, I don't know, 98% of people who go to the Masters don't get even that type of experience. Um, so I've gotten that, but I, I only got a peek down the corridor of the 10th hole and kind of that upper area where 9 and 18 kind of converge. And I only say that because I know what the property looks like from TV and from Google Maps and from all the history behind it. That's the only reason I was able to make out what I saw. Um, So for me to go there and actually see and walk the golf course, see Amen Corner, like maybe my pick should just be Amen Corner. That should probably be it because it's a little more specific. It's just more clearly something I haven't done. Where would you set up if you're, you're the first person in? You're sprinting. Where are you sprinting to to set up for which day? Just today. Just today. Like, say, say you have a one day pass, and it's it's Sunday. Are you gonna go to eighteen? Sunday. Or, or we'll say let's let's say Thursday first. Let's say you got a two day pass. You got Thursday and you got Sunday. So man, when I, I go to golf tournaments a decent amount, where I kind of have a strategy. Day one is for walking the course to scout it out, just see where's what, what are the best vantage points. Uh, just kind of get a feel for, you know, where the excitement could be, all that good stuff. And also the concessions. You got to know where the beers are. Um, and then day two is usually post up in a couple spots. If there's a pairing you want to watch, you know, go follow them. So 
with that said, you got to think that amen corner behind that 12 T is, is the spot to go to, to, to set up camp and get yourself a good position there and watch everyone to, you know, come into the 11th green and then hit off of 12. And I would, I mean, I would think that you would kind of be able to see the tee shots off of 13. Taylor, you can vouch for that kind of maybe sort of, sort of, Um, it depends if you're like in the, so I sat, it's funny you say that I sat in the grandstands behind the 12 T which are a little elevated and you can see obviously all of the action at 12, you can see the shots coming into 11. You just don't know really when they're being hit because you don't have enough of an angle to see back up the rest mm-hmm. of the hole. I think if you're lower in the, in like the chairs and like you see all those green masters chairs, people sit in, I think you have a better ability to kind of see when the players are coming in with the shot on 11 and have a better idea of where the shots are going 13, but because the, the tee shot on 13 kind of wraps around, you can see them hit the ball, but you kind of have no idea where it's landing. So you're not really, but I was never that low. I was always in the grandstand because I didn't have a chair, right. um, but that is an amazing it's we watched nine or 10 groups on Saturday, go through amen corner in that spot. And it is awesome. Watching the shot on 12 is an, just an awesome shot to watch from behind yeah. the hole uh, or from behind the tee box where that is. Um, so that's so, a very, very good choice in my two, master's experience. There's two other considerations I have. Well, I guess three, because like green side at 18. Yeah, that's a that's an option for sure. Um, but to the two other thoughts I have are the uh the bleachers next to the 15th green, right there by the Sarazen Bridge. Can you see 16? Can you see the shots going you across? Can, you from can't that seat? it's hard unless you're up against the unless you're like down the row really far you kind of can't see when the guys are hitting the ball but you can see the ball hit the green so you're just the 16th kinda, green the 16th green as opposed yeah. to the other side where i sat where you can see the tee shot it's a little harder to follow the ball but you can see it the entire way to the green at 16 and you have a, a much better ability and you can also see back up the 15th fairway and watch That's, the that was in. my other my next question was how well can you see 15 and the players coming in from across the left side of 16. So those are, those are my two other spots I would think about. Yeah. That's either of those spots is if you get there and you get in the right place in the bleachers or the bleachers in the, in the seats, you have a chance to see both of those holes in a pretty complete way, which is pretty cool. The most fun part was in where we were sitting. We, when balls would go in the water on 15, we saw the initial crest over the hill. And so we were doing our, Oh, and then the people across the way would finish off the O and it actually went into the water. Cause we couldn't tell when it went into the water. Hmm. So just some, but yeah, I mean, I would agree the first day, if you, even if you get there for one day, cause you know, you can get there on Sunday tea times don't start till, you know, 10 20 you can get there at 7 30 in the morning and just walk the course which is what we do with my brother on saturday we just walked it with no one on it which was really fun because there's not as many people and you can like really look, get close and look at the holes um it was fun to get that out of the way and then continue to go so um the tee shot on uh four also very fun to watch from behind the from behind the tee box mm. yeah those holes kind of get lost in the shop i know they're in the corner of the property Thereby those four, holes, five, four, six. five, and six. Six is a very fun shot to watch come down to the green as well. I And I've watched the first time I went, I didn't go up there this time, watching Nat from behind in the grandstands behind that, the par three six is a really fun shot to watch too. 
And all that stuff is like right up against 16. So all those part, like those two part threes are really closer to each other than you can tell on TV. Like they're like, we were watching God, we were watching the groups from our spot at 15, walk down the 16th to like go to the green or walk down the sixth, excuse me, to go to the green there. So um, that is an amazing venue. It lives up to the hype. And we'll talk about it a little probably later when we get the more masters talk, but it's awesome. Um, you have another pick. I do have another pick and I think I got to uh, go on the offensive here and take a pick off of somebody else's board here. And I got to take the alley pal. I know it's going to uh, be taken at some point here. I, almost I don't took know it first. how early that you're going to take it, but I need to have it. Um, so this is a zero sum game and me taking one off of Taylor's board, I think puts him in a little bit of a pickle. Not that I think that he has a short board, but I think it's one that he really wanted. And it's one that I want to the alley pallies where the world darts uh, championship occurs every new year's ish, you know, around that Christmas season, it's electric. It's, it's just the height of darts. And I think, you know, if you listen to me and Taylor that it's all about the darts, baby. Yeah. The, I mean, it's a, yeah. I mean, that is a great pick. I would have taken it probably next. Um, yeah. I mean, it's just, a, it, and it's like, it's really different and unique. That's the one interesting thing about this draft is, you know, Say, I mean, maybe someone will take this. I don't think they will. Like AT&T Stadium is an amazing football stadium. Incredible. But there's a lot of football stadiums. There aren't a lot of Alexander Palaces. There just aren't. Like that is the specific home of a certain, and there are other darts venues, but that is seems like the like true home of a sport. Like that's sort of what the Masters is for golf year after year, although there are a million unbelievable golf courses you can go, including the quote-unquote home of golf, which could get taken in this draft maybe. But that is like the home of darts. It's just what it is. So that's a very, very good pick. Would you go there, RDT? Would you? Would the Alexander Palace be anywhere on your list? It's overseas, right? It's in London. Yeah, it's that's a long flight. I'm... <laughs> <laughs> no, I, no I need, interest I mean, in taking. If you're if you're bringing me Xanax and and doing some sort of, I need Xanax for a flight. I'm not. Oh wait, are you scared of flying? I'm terrified. Really? I thought I've Are, said this before. I can't tell if you're joking. No, I, yeah. I've, no, I've said I don't this remember this. I don't times. remember this talking about this. Like, on the podcast? Thing. Yeah. No, oh, really? Is... I don't feel like we've talked about this before on the heights, podcast. Heights, flying, everything. I think we've I mean, talked about heights because I'm scared of heights, but I don't know if we talked about flying. So you're not afraid podcast. of flying, but like I, I'm getting like the chills and like shakes right now, just literally talking about being Couldn't on a plane. be less scared of flying. Oh, my God. I, I <laughs> for some reason, I think, and I've always thought this ever since my first flight when I was like four or five, I, for whatever reason, I think my seat is going to fall out of the plane. Not like, not like the plane is going to crash. We're all going to die. Just my seat, like five foot eight, 140 pounds of me is going to just make this seat fall from the, the aircraft. So for my, yeah, for my, my wedding, my honey or my wedding, my uncle, who's a doctor um, gave me my wedding picture was. Um, my wedding, sorry, picture, my wedding gift was a prescription for Xanax for the flight for, uh, my honeymoon. So that, that carried me over to, uh, Grenada, but yeah, I, I would hundred percent need wow. some sort of something to get me on that plane. Like I, uh, I can't even talk about it. I'm Have very, you tried like, any of those flights they do for specifically for people scared of flying? Have you ever thought about doing that? Have you ever heard of that? No, that sounds miserable. Somebody that worked in Maryland did something where they like did flights that like had people on that could like help you try to get through 
your fear of flying. No, that's no. like the you, uh, I the, you would like fly to sh- you would like fly to Charlotte, so it'd be like a short flight, like Baltimore, I, Charlotte. And I flew back. to Columbus, which was maybe I don't know an hour, forty five minutes, forty nine minutes. Ter- uh, awful, awful, like wow, terrified. That's all the terrifying parts, real quick. It's the going up and going down. Like oh, you would have. Do we on our flight into Atlanta this weekend? We had a full like G forces feel where you felt like you're on a roller coaster, and we did like a like kind of a. It was really windy. If anyone's watching the golf, you knew that on Friday it was super windy. We did a full like up down sort of thing, and like my head sort of got light. You may you would have passed out. I would have started crying like immediately. Yep, you would have. You it was like some of the worst turbulence I've ever been through, and I just sat through it and kept watching what was on my phone. But you would have. That's it. I, I, we've definitely talked about the heights. I, maybe we've gotten into the flying and it's just, it just totally slipped my mind. So apologies. Um, with my pick, or I guess not apologies. We don't need to talk about it anymore. I guess that's good for you. If we don't talk about it anymore. Um, I'm going to take, this is one banks has been to, I know I'm going to take Wrigley field. I've always wanted to go there. I think it's, I think it's, you know, it's just one you have to check off the bucket list. I would go again. Uh, it's a, it's a clear, <laughs> clear choice at some point in this draft and banks, obviously not going to take cause he's gone, but. I will take it. It's it seems awesome. Who's play there in three months? Well, yeah. When do we talk about that? It's like it's end of, Tuesday, it's, it's Wednesday, a right? Yeah. It sucks that it's Tuesday, Wednesday, two games set. It's right after the, right around the All Star break. So, but I'd go. Yeah, I don't. There's much more that needs to be said. Yeah, I, I, I did a solo trip there, which was incredible. Highly recommend if you can do it. Um, and I just showed up an hour and a half before the game and went to batting practice and had a bunch of beers and just sat there and just got, had awesome Chicago summer weather and just chilled. It was just so, it just felt so at home. Like this is baseball. This is what it should be. And uh, just watch the pirates hit home runs all over the place. It's great. I would like to do that. I would like to go to that. I would do like a bachelor party at Wrigley. Oh, that's very interesting. That would be an option for me. Wow. Throw that on. The, are you going to fly out for that, RET? I'd probably start driving like two or three days. <laughs> <laughs> it's not that bad of a drive. You can definitely drive. It. It's a nice train ride, too. Yeah. Oh, I'm a big train guy. Love a good train. And that's yeah, not I love a train. train. So how many... Uh, we'll, we'll talk about the maybe we'll talk about the, this flight <laughs> thing at the end. I'm fascinated by it. I'm fascinated by people that are scared of flying. Not that I have any judgment against it. I totally get it as someone that's afraid of a lot of things. But um, see, falling out of the plane. Uh, RDT, you have two, and um, clearly none of them are. Hopefully, these are all drivable. Otherwise, you're well, screwed. They're not. But this is this is my fantasy world. Uh, Petco. I think Petco looks like mm. a great ballpark. Um, it's also again, just in such an unbelievable city. <laughs> yeah. And it, so like my sister lives out there. So it's like, she knows some people who work for the Padres and apparently she says they give tickets away. Like for like, like they're the Orioles, which is crazy because every time you watch a game, it seems packed. I don't know what they do with the sound there, but it always like, seems like it's a full house. Um, she says they always have tickets available. So that's like a realistic one. Um, Are you, and, is she, so she's officially offering us tickets. Is what you yes, I, yes. The tickets are on the table if we okay, want. Done. Anyone done. who listens, if you if you're in San Diego, you can get tickets from my sister. There it is. This, done. Just DM and and we'll get it linked up. Um, but like I I think like the coolest part would either you know would be the um the Western Metal Company. 
like being in that building would be, I don't know. I mean, they've got to have some awesome bar. I don't know. Cause I don't think it's technically part of the stadium. Correct. It is. And it isn't. I think that's a good question. The foul pole is attached to it. I believe it's like the corner of the building. Yeah. I just don't, obviously it's not a Western metal building now. Like, I think they're just, I don't like, I don't think they're apartments. That would be, I mean, if it was, that'd be amazing. There might be some attached to it. I don't Cause know. I know, I mean, I, I always yeah, see, I don't know. I always see like balconies and decks and people out there. Um, it just looks like an awesome time. Um, and again, like there's like a park in center field, I think beyond it, which. Yeah. There's like a, it's almost like a playground. Yeah. It's like with like sandboxes and shit. Mm-hmm. There's um, most of the right field seating is bleachers which is cool too. That's I, 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 I remember that stumbled into a game there at one point. Um, I th- yeah. I mean, it, everything about it looks, you know, then they have that second deck in left field that, that kind of just comes out of nowhere. Um, plus again, like you said, it's San Diego, like you can't really beat it. Yeah. Um, They've had like four rain delays in the history of their ballpark. <laughs> it's been open for, yeah, for like 20 years. Yeah. Four rain incredible. delays. Um, so yeah. Give me Petco. And my next one, I'll go. I'll go SoFi Stadium. That place. I mean, wow, that place looks unbelievable. Just from, you know, all the Monday night games, the Sunday night games they've had there to the Super Bowl. I mean, everything about it. Wait, Super Bowl? Where is it? Was that? Is that where it was this year? Yeah. Yep. Um, yep. And because again, it's not just a stadium. It's it's like a full campus. It's the NFL network headquarters. It's it's, I think they don't, they have like the training facilities there too. Maybe. Um, they, I mean, it just, it looks like a massive, massive place. And like, I can't get over, like obviously going to Camden Yards is awesome. It doesn't have that like huge. And it kind of, it does with the, with the warehouse, but like those big massive stadiums are just so different. Like I remember pulling up the Yankee stadium in the train Yankee stadium seemed like it was four times as high as Camden Yards was. It's just massive. So like, I can only imagine, how big SoFi is and and it, it looks like the atmosphere around it is is a really cool place to be again either before a game and you know b- before whatever a concert whatever else they're holding there it looks really cool um and just the new technology like the the the, the uh, futuristic look to it I don't I, I'm I'm a big fan of it, it I, th- I think it looks awesome I think they did a great job with it so I'm I'm very intrigued by that by uh that stadium That's got it. Yeah, it's got to be a uh, WrestleMania is going there in oh, next year. That'll May. Be. That's something I'm thinking about going to. So I may end up at that that stadium. Um, I'm between one and a, a couple on a couple different sports that I want to make sure I get in here, and I'm gonna go um, with soccer. And I've had the good fortune of already going to old Trafford at Manchester United and touring Stanford bridge at Chelsea. So I'll go away from England and uh, we'll take the camp new uh, Barcelona stadium. I think that would be sick to go to and see, and it's in an amazing city as well. So kind of has the vibe. So I'm going to take that. You guys are not soccer guys. So probably does not appeal to you, but I'm taking it would be unbelievable to go to a game there in any capacity. I simply have nothing to add to that whatsoever. Yeah, a couple uncultured guys. I, I mean, I I went to Barcelona Man U the friendly when it was at uh, FedEx. You'd have to take it. You'd have to take a boat to get to Barcelona. <laughs> you'd have no shot to get there. No, well, 
my my wife's family has a house in Greece and she wants to go there. And I say, just let me know. I'll leave three weeks ahead of time. What if it was like a lay flat first class seat? No, I, I, I would <laughs> need to be like, I would need to be like put under. Like I would need the thought of being in the air. You're definitely not visiting your sister in San Diego anytime soon. No, my, my literally six hours ago, Lauren says, so I was looking up flights to San Diego, blah, blah, blah. Here's how much they are. And I said, okay, so you and Joe go out there and I'll see you guys later. Like, I, I don't have to go. I believe me, I'll stay here. It's fine. Like I have, I, and I've told her I have zero interest in traveling overseas. I think, I think everything, I want to go on a safari and that's about it in Africa. I think Europe seems like the most boring place in the world. Europe's kind of sweet. She almost left me when I said that. I said, Europe seems like it sucks. <laughs> Every Food Network show about Europe fucking stinks. Oh, come on. No. no, no what nothing a ricochet about shot at the Food Network? Oh. No, no, no. I'm just saying none of the what food, the food Network do you deserve that? How do we get to the Food Network here? <laughs> <laughs> well, well, we'll save this for another one. I'm not here to fight on the, the Food Network's behalf. I'm with you on that. I love the Food Network. I just think, like... I, I I watch Bizarre Eats with Andrew Zimmer in, in Britain, and I'm like, this all this food sucks. And then he goes to Japan, and he's eating all this stuff, and I'm like, that's awesome. Are so, you wearing a John Jones shirt right now? No, Jimmy's Seafood. Restaurant no, when they from, won Restaurant that of the Year. Is, that is from the design of a John Jones shirt, but it's a great. It's my favorite Jimmy shirt I have. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Banks, you have two. I'm gonna take Lambeau Field. Should have gone. Were you supposed to go? Yeah, you were supposed to I go. I was supposed to go this year. Yeah, the Sunday after Thanksgiving. Uh, the trip around just became too much, like to, too many things. It just would have made it longer. Like, I don't know, whole thing. But uh, did the Ravens play there? Yeah. That, no, no, they played here. No, they played here. So we'll be there in four years. But uh, I guess there's a chance they could play sooner because of the way the that 17th game and everything. But, anyways. Um, yeah, man. Football history, it's kind of like there's not many places that have an aura to it in the NFL, and that's head and shoulders number one with regards to that. So good pick. And I want and I want to go when it's zero degrees. I want it to be the full. I was told that they you'd you'd put cardboard under your feet. Just because the concrete gets so cold that it's actually helpful to just have cardboard underneath. Yeah, like you don't want to go to a September game. That's old school right there. Yeah. Yeah. And then, man, I don't know where to go direction-wise with this. It's kind of between two and a similar loin. I'm going to go with um, Indianapolis uh, International Speedway. Is that the right name of it? Uh, I believe it's Indy Motor, Indianapolis Motor Speedway, but yes. Motor Speedway, that's right. I'm going with that. I would love to go to an Indy 500. Um, I hear it's it, the infield is like, you know, just a bigger preakness. So that's a vibe that I'm into, and I, I want a piece of that. That's, that, is also, that is also something I really want to go to. We need to talk offline about that one. We, we will talk offline about that. Yeah. We need, to, we need to get that going in the next couple of years. Good pick. Um, and you made my pick easy. I was between, I'm assuming you're between Indy and Daytona. I'm taking Daytona. Yep. I'm taking Daytona. I've always wanted to go there. I, I was, I, I've definitely talked about this on the show before. I was like a huge NASCAR fan when I was like five. I've been to two races at Charlotte and Dover in my life. Uh, and Daytona is the holy grail in that sport. 
And I just think it'd be sick. I don't really think you need to be a NASCAR fan to enjoy the like history of what that is. So I'm taking what Daytona that, internet. What was that segment speedway. that you used to rev it up? Oh, crank it up. Oh yeah. I took that on a draft. <laughs> I talked about it on a draft in some way. Best crank it up. Sounds. It was unbelievable. <laughs> Unbel- oh yeah. Sports sounds. Yeah. 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 Take that for best sports sounds. That's, I love that name though. It's so great. It's perfect. <laughs> Yeah. I took that on best sports sounds and I took the start of a swimming race on best sports sounds. We had some weird drafts. That was, <laughs> that was, a, good, that was a good draft. Now I think if I was going to do this in sports sounds again, I might trend towards the F1 cars. The F1 cars sounds sweet. Sweet. Like you watch that, that they do some amazing stuff in the F1 production with the sound where you get all of the team audio. Can you imagine the in NFL games, them just having an open line to grabbing team audio off of like Bill Belichick's headset and just that's what they're doing in F1. They are just taking whatever they want from what the drivers say and what the teams say and putting it on TV, essentially like live to tape, like 20 seconds after it happens. It's incredible. It's a really amazing production, but I digress. Um, you have two, Eric. Um, I'll say, um, Let's do Tiger Stadium, LSU, preferably mm. on a Friday night against Bama or Florida. Saturday night. Yeah, what did I say, Friday night? Yeah. Yeah, Saturday. I have Saturday written down. I don't know why I said that. Um, again, I, I just that atmosphere. Like, I, I, I liked LSU a lot growing up. I don't know. I, it was just, like, their colors with the uniforms, with, like, the players they had. I just loved them. Um, just looks like an awesome atmosphere. The stadium is, is again, another just massive – piece of 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 building and then just mike the tiger outside i think that's the coolest part like i would have loved to go to lsu and like walk by mike the tiger every day um just seems like an awesome place a a very fun time again you can't really go wrong with any of the uh sec stadiums but tiger stadium i think is is that one for me and then Um, man, what else? I'll, I'll, I'll stick with baseball. I'll go AT&T. Um, that seems like an awesome park too. Again, everything I've read about it, everything I've heard about it is, it's just so much fun to go to. And it doesn't seem like it would be, I mean, if you go at this time of the year, it's probably freezing cause you're right there on the water. Um, I think I would most likely, I would most want to do it for like two or three innings in the kayak out in right field, just acting like a bobber out there. Like, I know we've already seen the guy out there with the grill on his kayak. Um, the, the people like fighting kayaks for foul or for balls and all that's always very funny. Um, just looks like a very fun stadium, a, a night, a cool place to watch, a, um, a ball game. And, you know, again, I've heard nothing but great things. So I'd love to see that when I eventually make my drive across the country. Two good picks. Um, uh, I was going to take a golf course, but I think I have to swing a totally different direction. And I had like three golf courses I was between, so this makes it easier. I'm taking Williamsport. Little League World Series. I think that'd be cool to see. Banks hates the pick. Hates it. He no. hates the League World Series. You hate the League World I've Series. I've been there, done that. It. I want to oh. see it. I want to see Lomity Stadium. Mm. Oh, what a downer you did, are. Did Go not to, deliver for me. 
Put your cardboard on your feet. Take your last pick. I don't need to justify the Lily World Series. <laughs> and that's the way I, I, I can drive Eric with me because he doesn't have to go on a plane. So it works out perfectly. I got paid to go up there and I hated it. Um, I'm going to take St. Andrews. I thought you mm. should have taken it there. Home of golf. Um, it's a little too close. I'm like very close to maybe going there soon. So, yeah, I, I don't think I'm going to miss the next one for the open championship, but also like if I go, I'm going for the open championship and I'm not playing it. So that's kind of like a, a that's the weird part about St. Andrews because it's attainable to get on. So it's like Augusta, you got no chance to ever play it. So you have to go to the tournament to see it, but Augusta, but St. Andrews, you literally plan a trip to Scotland, do it the right way and play the course. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm going to double dip there with the, with the whole, Cross the pond thing, and I'm taking taking Wimbledon. Well, you're done, so you can't do that. No, it's a no. You're it. That's us pick the draft. Fuck. Yeah, you left no, Wimbledon took, on the table. What did I? No, take? no, no. You. Oh no. Augusta National, Augusta National, the Alley Pally, Indianapolis Motor Speedway, Lambeau Field, and St Andrews. I did. I did. Brutal. It's brutal out here. I cannot believe Wimbledon made it to the end here. And I've been yeah. there. I, that would have been my first pick, but I went undrafted. Wow. Had the honor of going and I cannot believe you didn't take that. I was stunned the entire draft. I could not believe you took Indianapolis motor speedway over it. And I was like, Oh, he'll just take <laughs> it with the last pick. He knows RDT is not taking cause he can't get there. He knows I'm not taking him because I've been there, which I'm assuming is why you left it late, which is the exact thing I would have done. But man, you just miscounted. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm like, the brain is just not, not, uh, Turn it so let's talk about that because that's here. clearly the best. That's cl- I'll run through the picks and we'll talk about one with it. Um, RDT goes Cooperstown, Petco Park, SoFi Stadium, Tiger Stadium, AT&T Stadium. I took Churchill Downs, Wrigley Field, uh, the Camp New, um, Daytona International Speedway in Williamsport, PA. And Banks took Gusta National, the Alley Pally, Lambeau Field, Indianapolis Motor Speedway, and St. Andrews. Wimbledon, it lives up to all the hype, all the hype. RDT, are you a tennis guy at all? I don't know if we've talked about this. I mean, I'll, I'll watch it. Like, I'm not – I wouldn't say I'm a tennis guy, but, like, if there's a big match on, I'll watch it. But, like, I'm not watching the four and five seed face each other, in you know, in, in the Wimbledon second round, first round, whatever. Like, it just – that doesn't do it for me. But Center court, you walk in there, and it gives you chills. You're like, oh, my oh, God. Oh, I'm sure. It's, it's historic. It's, it's probably it's is it one of those like eerily quiet places like yeah it is it is sick it is so cool and banks i think with if he drafted this again would take it would absolutely love it um the other things on my list um i had the maracana which is um the famous soccer stadium and i had a bunch of soccer stadiums on here the maracana in brazil estadio azteca in mexico a bunch of different ones in england and spain i won't go through all of them um I had the Monaco street track for F1 and I think that would be cool. That more has to do with the actual event and that's not like an existing thing all the time. So it's kind of, I didn't really want to take it, but um, Allen Fieldhouse at Kansas. Um, I was going to put a couple of ACC ones I've been to or not been to, but I, like, I don't like, it's not a bucket list for me to go to Camden or stadium. Cause I'm not gonna have any good feelings when I go in there, but I think <laughs> Allen Fieldhouse would be really cool to see. Um 
Center Court at the French Open, Arthur Ashe Stadium, and Flushing were also on there as two tennis venues. I would like. Surprised you haven't to. been to Arthur Ashe. I that is, I might do that this year. Um, if I, it just always conflicts with the start of Maryland stuff, whether it be soccer, football, whatever. So it's not a perfect time. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I had a, I had I had San Andrews, I had Pebble Beach, um, a bunch of different golf courses that I think would be cool to see. So that was mine. Uh, there are other like baseball, like I had this, I had Petco and AT&T um, and there's NFL stables. I want to see. They're just not as pressing. Like I don't th- except for Lambo, I guess. And maybe soldier field. There's no NFL stadiums where I'm like, even the newer ones, I think it'd be sick to be at SoFi and sick to be at Cowboy stadium, but I'm just not like, Oh my God, I have to make it there. You know? Yeah. At some point. Like I, I had Vegas, the Raiders stadium. Um, I, Mercedes Benz look awesome. looks awesome. I know banks has been there. Um, uh, the Rose Bowl I thought would be pretty cool to see, and then I had uh, Williamsport. I th- I think that would be neat, and I think I want to go up for that Red Sox um, Orioles the Little League World Series game they're playing this year. I think that could be a very cool game to go to, and and um, again the the atmosphere we've seen that we saw it last year with the Angels and Otani there um, would be cool. I think to to see the Orioles there and. Again, just uh, I love the Little League World Series, so I think that'd, that'd be fun. I don't know if I'm going up there to watch a bunch of 12-year-olds play, but um, I don't know. But that, that's about it for me. I had Pebble Beach and a couple of the others that you mentioned too. Thanks. Uh, you guys have pretty much named most of what I can think of. I mean, I've got a lot of golf courses too that I could throw in the mix. Um, been lucky enough to go to a bunch of them too. I would love to watch the, the match play at Austin be honest um yeah i just whistling straights kiowa where's pebble beach yeah no there's a lot of great ones out there port pines so yeah a lot of ways that could differ and there's like a ton of college football stadiums that could be talked about here but i wouldn't mind going to a montreal canadians game Mm, yep. Because that, yep. that building has a different energy to it. Yeah. A sport, a lot of it comes down to, and maybe this is like a sport that means somewhere, means more somewhere than it does. Other, like hockey, like just going to hockey at something like the Bell Center would be sick just because, as you said, it just means a little bit more there than it's ever going to mean here for anybody. Mm-hmm. So um, there's some Olympic venues I would like to see as well, but um, did not, none jumped out enough to be on this list. Um, Nick Henry Medley, Maryland person of the week, RDT. Um, I, I was a little dry this week. I'm, I'm going to go buck for the way that he <laughs> handled the nationals pegging every Mets player. Um, that, that made me feel something. I gotta be honest. And, and I've been arguing with my idiot nationals friend, Charlie, who does not understand what, like he, he keeps just saying, why is buck mad? Why is he mad? It wasn't on. It was. It wasn't on purpose. Why is he mad? And I just keep telling him, "You don't know baseball. You just don't understand baseball. If you don't understand that a manager is allowed to be mad after his two best players get hit in the face within 24 hours, I think I think he has every right to be mad. But like, it was just classic Buck. Like we saw, he was first out of the dugout when Lindor got hit, and then when the guy got hit, I I think it was the next night when he just gave the stare over to the Nats dugout. And we know that he hates the nationals. They, they, we, the, they had that great game with um, when Manny 
went yard off Scherzer and I think 2015. Um, there's like a great at bat. Scherzer like fought to stay in, and then Manny hits I think the hardest hit ball he's ever hit in the majors off him. And then that's when Papelbon plunked him later. And then you had but that picture of Buck, Manny, and Wayne Kirby like standing out there with their hands on their hips, just ready to take on every national. Um, it was just classic Buck. It made me feel so happy. Like all of Baltimore loved it too. It's just I'm so happy Buck is back in baseball, even though he's not, he's not with Baltimore anymore. It, it's, it was, it was just classic Buck and I loved it. He's the best. He is. Thanks. Uh, four pots. Four Scotty. pots to win the Masters. Scotty, Scotty with a big win. Both for him and for me. I mean, I, I laid some, some heavy money on him maybe three months ago to get this done. And, and we've watched this journey is that prices shortened and shortened and shortened and bam, big cash out on Scotty fired up for him. Great dude. Great family. Good head on his shoulders. Good golf game. Obviously great week. Best week of the year. Best of national always delivers. His whole story is unbelievable too. The like, didn't he not have a win before Super Bowl Sunday? Yeah. That was his first win. So in yep. four of the last six events, <laughs> stay hot. It's it's interesting because he came up around a similar time as like Colin Morikawa and Victor Hovland and Matthew Wolf, the guys that were supposed to be all world coming out of college. And those guys enjoyed like immediate success. And he came out of school like a little earlier, but then like he played the Corn Ferry Tour, which is like the minor league tour. And he was player of the year on that tour. And then he came on to the PGA Tour and he played well, but just couldn't win. And then he played well enough last year to make the Ryder Cup. And then he came through in the Ryder Cup and beat John Rahm on Sunday when John Rahm was rolling through everybody the entire Ryder Cup. And then uh, for him to break through on Super Bowl Sunday and go on this run where he reels off four out of six, it's been very cool to watch him just like, just notch after notch, just work his way up the ladder as opposed to so many of these players nowadays just come on, come in and they just like Matthew Wolf won in like his fourth start and he's, <laughs> Falling way off the wagon, and like yeah, Morikawa was coming in and won. Morikawa was won two majors, and and his success was very quick. And it's it's just nice to to watch a guy who wasn't necessarily hyped up and doesn't have like a prototypical golf swing and isn't like a robot in terms of like his game. Like he doesn't look like a guy who's got two track mans out there and is studying the data and has a coach who's like you know, got his head up, hand on the guy's head as he's taking golf swings. Like, you know, it doesn't seem like he's built in a laboratory, but the way he plays the game, he just, you know, worked his way up and, and eventually reached the apex of the sport. Um, it's been very cool to watch. Yeah. He's a, he just seems like a baller. Yeah. He doesn't have the aura of that. Cause he's not, you know, what he doesn't like swagger around, but he's just a baller. Like I standing behind 17 when he, you know, he, he was, you know, coming off, you know, a couple shaky holes on Saturday and he just hit an absolute dart into 17 in a tough pin that I sat there and watched for an hour and didn't see anybody do it like that. Knocked in the putt, walked off like it was no big deal. Just walked off like it was no big deal. He's just like, ah, oh, whatever. Then he Him figures hunting. out on 18 and saves bogey and doesn't totally destroy his lead. Him hunting for that ball in the, in the bushes though. I was like, this is it. Like, this is this is gonna be the beginning of it where he just falls apart. It was because it, it was like it was like a 15 minute, you know, 
episode where you're like, Those he's are always so good. He's just he's he's deep in that bush looking for this ball. Like that that, that, that I was cracking up at that. That was good. So he is uh, he's awesome. Um, I will take Augusta National Golf Club. Truly lives up to the hype in every single way. It was an honor to be there. An honor to watch Scotty Scheffler get the coronation. Thank me for my service. I started the start, uh, standing ovation for him as he walked on a 15 green. <laughs> so, you know, I'm just a good fan and a good, excuse me, I'm a good patron. Um, and so, you know, it's, it's, it's just an amazing place. It's like Disneyland for golf in terms of both the feeling you get when you're there and the fact there are giant lines for everything that work as efficiently as an amusement park. It is incredible how efficient the place is. You're in the bathroom line and they are just rolling you through there with all these attendants yelling, just one shake, one shake. When you're at a stall, it's amazing. <laughs> Food lines, incredibly efficient. You're just rolling through there. You're grabbing your chips. You're grabbing your sandwich. You're grabbing your beer. They're filling it up for you. And you're rolling and you do your tap payment. It costs like six bucks and you're on your way. Just tremendous. It's a tremendous place. They Never talked about that. that during my job interview a bunch in terms of how they were just working on processes and cashless this and just we want everything flowing. Yep, like, everything's cashless. You cannot yeah. use cash. They're the all course. about processes. Yep, and they do an amazing job. What we're in, I was in a bathroom line leaving the course on Saturday, and a guy turns, random guy turns to me and goes, "Dude, it's like we're we're going on like a ride at Disney World." And I'm like, "Yeah, this is great." <laughs> This is how, how exactly how this should work. It should not be like we're going to the bathroom to sport event. Did they have troughs? No, it's all stalls. At least that I saw, it's all stalls. Were this okay? Stalls. Okay, the bathroom in the administration building was one of those ones where it's a urinal, but it, it goes all the way down to the floor. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they had none of those. It was all which like was very like urinals. it felt like old school Southern a little bit to me, but yeah. also it was a brand new building and it was sparkling clean. It was it was fascinating. They seem it's like fair. an ice in the urinal place too. I don't know. Um, no, like like I'm talking <laughs> for Banks' urinals, like in the in the uh, admin building, uh, not in the admin building, but. <laughs> uh yeah, it's it's and the the merch situation is uh is an absolute mad dash. It's like Lord of the Flies in there trying to make sure you get the things that you want. It hasn't been like picked clean already. Um, we talked about the gnome. I got the gnome, mm-hmm. so can confirm that I have the gnome. It is being shipped to my house right now. So yeah, the Masters. It lives up to the hype. There's no doubt about it. Uh, any honorable mentions? Tiger Woods. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, the cat. Unbelievable, this guy. And by Sunday, he's walking past you, and you're like, this guy's just gonna fall over at any moment. I, I'm sure that was apparent on TV as well, but I didn't mm-hmm. see any of it on TV. He walked past us walking to the T at 11 on Saturday, and he was just straight up using his putter as a cane just straight up walking next to Kisner. Like, no shame. Oh, he's amazing. Yeah, he was all up in it on Thursday. Like, man, he really looked like he was going to be a part of it. And, uh, yeah, I mean, the weather was not conducive to him getting his body to the place he needed to, and also his body's just so beaten down. But him, him making the cut in itself is incredible. So incredible. Like, there are guys who – who are top 10 in the world that did. I think DeShambo didn't make it. Um, Bryson DeShambo didn't make it. Xander Shoffley didn't make it. Brooks Kepka didn't make it. Jordan Spieth didn't make it. Yep. Bryson DeShambo also lost like Larry Mize. So he. Yeah, that's true. Our former guest is having a tough go. Yeah. Tough scene. Does he get it back, Banks, in your golf expertise? 
Yeah, he'll get it back. I mean, he hits it so freaking far. He's got the advantage. He just, I think his body's beat up too. And from what I remember, he was going to play the Masters and then do a long drive contest this week. So I haven't heard anything more about that, but that's who knows if he's going through with that. Yeah, you said, I think you said that a couple of weeks ago. That, yeah. that was, that's what he's it's playing. Insane. He's a crazy person. Um, RDT. I got nothing. Uh, the Caps. Caps are back. They ooh, they boat raced. Yeah. They, they may win like, the cup now. Last year around this time, I went on a whole monologue about how bad the Flyers were. How they were just an embarrassment to the sport. They just had that same night again. Like they just do, they should just fold. Mm-hmm. It's a joke what they did out there. The the Caps tonight. If you didn't know, they won nine to two. Um, every single skater on the Caps had a point except for one forward and one defenseman. Everybody made the score sheet, but that. Go Caps, go! Uh, one more thing about Tiger Woods. The guy, and we sort of talked. The guys that he beat should be ashamed. I mean, how do you, I mean, Tiger yeah. Woods is Tiger Woods, but like you're playing professional. And this is like guys like Max Homa is obviously beloved on the internet. I love, he, <laughs> he, he's awesome. Love Max Homa totally came on this show, but like he's got to look, he's probably laughing about it. He's probably God. I love, and he loves Tiger Woods more than anybody. He's probably like, I was grabbing a trophy from this guy's corpse a year ago or right before he, you know, almost became a corpse a year ago. And now he just beat me by a stroke at the masters. And after I was so excited to make the cut, just Terrell Hatton shot an 80, beat him. Tiger's the best. I, it's just, he's just the best. It, it's so good. Um, I have one, I think I only have one honorable mention here. Um, and it is the new reality show on Netflix called The Ultimatum. What a show. What an incredible show that everybody should be watching. Um, they literally put these couples into, oh no, RDT is in the fro zone here. Yeah, I'm fro. Can you hear me? Uh, oh, we, we can. can hear you wow. fine. Yeah. You're just wiping your ear in a very bizarre pose. This is like normal Banks. By the way, Banks' internet's been impeccable lately, partly because of a venue change, but even before that, your internet was good when you were back home. Um, yeah, shout out to the, the internet, the Wi-Fi. Yeah, but man. Yeah, you, we can still hear you. But yeah, the ultimatum, uh, they put these couples into a situation where one person in the couple has given an ultimatum that they have to get married and they give them a three-week trial marriage with someone from another couple. So they go through this like week of dating where they have to meet someone from another couple to then do the trial marriage with, and they get thrown. Then they get thrown back with their original partners. It is one of the wildest reality shows I have ever seen, and includes one of the best scenes I've ever seen in a reality show. So if you're into reality TV, as I know many of my listeners are, I'm sure, watch The Ultimatum on Netflix from the creators of Love Is Blind, which is also an electric show. That, that I pretty much watched the entire show in the last 24 hours. So mm. tremendous stuff. Um, with that, that is the end of the Exit 52 podcast for this week. Thanks to everyone for listening. Glad that baseball is back. Glad that we have it in our lives. Uh, make sure to follow the boys at Barstool Banks for Mr. Banks at EDITTI22 for RDT. You can follow me at Towers by 10. Banks, you're about to be free. I just want to congratulate you on that as well before we, we sign Thank off. you. It's been a long road. Thank me for my service at Uncle Sam. Yes. Yes. Uncle Sam, 
Uncle Sam appreciates it. For, on behalf of Uncle Sam, I will mm-hmm. appreciate it. You've had a lot of long hours, and we celebrate you for your work on this show. Thank you. Follow the X52 Podcast at X52 Podcast on Twitter and Instagram. Make sure to follow all of our great partners, Jimmy Seafood, Fed Thrill, Thread Level Midnight, for all the different ways they support us. Um, appreciate all the listeners. Excited to get back out to Oriel Park. RDT, you'll be there tomorrow. He's still frozen. Yeah, I'm still frozen. My computer stinks. <laughs> I'm glad that we can still hear you, though. This is so bizarre, but yeah. at least you're still – I mean, it's all about audio on this show. Um, if you see our RDT, where you, you're going to be out in the uh, behind the wall, so people Section can come 80, out and say hi to you. Row one. Yeah, go take a selfie with RDT by the wall. I need to see one listener go to RDT and take a selfie with him by the stupid wall. And Again, people it like us. it, it seems. I will retweet it. I will retweet it from the account. I know we have our intern normally running it, but I will. we all have access to it. I will retweet your selfie if you get it with RDT by the wall tomorrow. So go annoy him. Uh, We will see you next time on the Exit 52 podcast presented by Jimmy's Seafood.